This is Pastor D.R.E. on the M.I.C. And this is Day 41. Hello, world! Come take this journey with me. Let's go. Hello world! Welcome to the show. This is Pastor D.R.E. on the M.I.C. And welcome to day 41. Hope that you're having a good week on this week. Hope that everything went good for you. But if it didn't, guess what? There's another day coming, right? There's a tomorrow coming. And if your day hasn't gone as as good as you wanted it to go, just understand this. It could have been a lot worse. See, one of the things I've had to realize in my life is when I get down, I start thinking about how bad it really could be. As a matter of fact, sometimes I think about how bad it was. You know, I understand that many people say you should forget your past and you shouldn't look at your past anymore. And as a matter of fact, I was I was uh, ministering a word not too long ago, which you will hear on this podcast uh, where it talked about uh, forgetting your past and how God remembers your sins no more. But I I believe sometimes, sometimes we need to remember our past. We need to think about where God has brought us from. Not that we're, we're looking at it to be down, but we're looking at our past, taking note of our past so that we can celebrate where we've came from. Many of us don't celebrate uh, our victories. Many of us, uh, dare I say, don't even remember a lot of the victories, a lot of the things that we have overcame. But I dare you just for a little bit to think about where you came from. I dare you just for a little bit, a little bit to think about how bad your life could be at this moment. So if you don't have everything that you want right now, guess what? It could have been worse. Let me ask you this question right now. And this might this might help you get thankful. Are you breathing? Do you have food on your table? Do you have clothes on your back? I, I know a lot of the old church. I, I don't know how long you've been in church, but the old church, would you would hear somebody get up during testimony service and talk about the goodness of the Lord, how they woke up this morning and started them on their way and they had food in the, on their table and clothes on their back. They're still in the land of the living glory to God. We were thankful for the small things. Uh, some of our, our parents, our grandparents, when you would hear them testify about things that God has done for them, they were not testifying about the big house or the, the nice car. They were they were testifying about how they made it, how they were how they woke up on the other side in the land of the living, how they still had food on their table, how God has kept them overnight, how God is keeping their family. Oh God. I wish somebody would just get thankful right now. See, I'm I'm a I'm a young guy, but I got an old soul. I, I still remember some of the things that the old folks used to say. And as a matter of fact, I remember some of the things I used to go through and some of the things I've been through. And when you have been through, glory to God. I almost feel like preaching now. When you have been through, you learn how to be thankful for the small things. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But thank you for joining us. Listen, we're going to get into the word. I'm not even going to go any further. We're just going to get into the word. But before we get into the word, you know how we do. You know what we do. And that is our confessions. I'll be right back with you. Okay. I believe that God's word is true. It is the final authority in my life. Therefore, everything that God has said concerning me shall come to pass. Now say this with me. Say, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only 
and never believed. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I am loved by God. I am loved by God. Come on. I am loved by God. I can have what God says I can have. Resources find me. Prosperity finds me. I have favor with people in authority and of influence. My best days and my blessed days are on the way. I believe God. I believe God. Come on. I believe God. Now shout unto God like you know you believe. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. When I think on the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. Oh, boy, 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 boy. I'm stirred up in here. I'm feeling happy right now. Hallelujah. That that saying, you know, that saying I just, I just quoted, I actually remember from a brother named Carnell um he's uh going to be with the lord now but there's a brother named carnell when i was a little boy and i used to go to a church uh called steadfast christian center there's a brother named carnell and he would be so excited and so happy he made uh he made being a christian look good he made it look like it was fun it was joyful it was it, there was something to it he just had this energy about him and this joy about him you could not keep him still sometimes oh and he would just come up there when i think on the goodness of jesus and all that he's done for me my soul cries out hallelujah i thank god for saving me i, I wonder I, let me just ask you this before we get into the word how many of us portray god in a good light or portray uh salvation in a good light do do you do you make people thirst after God, thirst for uh, a relationship with God, thirst for salvation, or do you have your your lip poked out and you look like you half dead and you just look like there's nothing to this thing and you look like any minute you' about to expire? Oh God! You know the Bible do say we're supposed to make people thirst. We're supposed to make them thirst. We're not supposed to. Uh, fight against God with our, our bad attitudes and our woe is me mentalities, but we are supposed to uh, uh, make them thirst, make them see the goodness of God. And, and I'm not telling you to fake the funk, but if you really know God like I know God and how you should know God, you shouldn't have to fake the funk. You should be happy. You should be full of joy. Oh, goodness, 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 goodness. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get into the word. Let's get into the word. Okay. Ah. All right. Let me put on, <clears throat> let me put on my, 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 my minister hat. Okay. Here we go. I want you to turn with me. <laughs> I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 14. Uh, and I'm going to be starting at verse 28. Luke 14, 28. Uh, as I tell you this, I, I, I'm thinking about some, some people in my mind that often say this before they minister. They say, I won't be before you long. I don't plan to be here before you long. It's just something to make you think on today. Luke chapter 14, and we're going to start at verse 28. Luke 14, starting at verse 28. And it says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it for if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it everyone who sees it will ridicule you oh i could stop right there saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish or suppose a king is about to go to war 
against another king? Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, everything you have cannot be my disciples. In the same way, verse 33, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have, you have cannot be my disciples and, and my simple question is are you willing to give up everything or or should i say it like this are you willing to sell out to god are you willing to sell out to god you know there are a lot of christians now a, a, a lot of Christians now that have this new philosophy, this new way of thinking that they can, uh, as, as people say, they can have their cake and eat it too. They, they, can, they can straddle the fence. In, in other words, you, 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 can do, you can do you but serve God. You can claim to be with God, but, but you, you know, you don't want to really serve him. You, you, you want God's blessings for your life, but you want to live like the devil. You, 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 you can't have it both ways. I know we, I know we want to think we can have it both ways, and and some of us might want to have it both ways. But the truth of the matter is, if you're really going to serve God, if you're really going to be dedicated and committed to God, you got to be able to give up some things not even be able you're going to have to give up some things i know it's not popular to talk like that right now because everybody is stuck on god's mercy and yes god is merciful but that does not give us a license to sin it does not justify sin just because his mercy is everlasting or we feel is everlasting does not give us a right to sin freely i have never been in a time where i have seen so many people who claim to be with the lord just sin freely we cannot do that we we, we cannot have that 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 thought process that you know you know, no matter what I do, God is going to always be there. Or, or let me put it like this. No matter what I do, God is always going to be pleased with me. He's going to always overlook the things that I do. Yes, God is merciful, merciful, but that does not give you a license to sin. Yes, God loves you, but that does not give you a license to sin. That does not give you a license to be in and out. I, I want you to think about it in this way. If you were married, would you want your spouse who say they love you to be in and out with you? They love you, but they're, they're at another man's house. They love you, but they're at another woman's house. They love you, but they're not dedicated to you. Of course not. So then why do we do God like that? Why, why, why do we do God like that? We, we, are, we are people, there are a lot of people, not everybody now, but there are a lot of Christians who, who claim to be Christians or claim Christianity that, that just do it when it's convenient. You know, they have that jail religion people talk about they they have that jail religion you you know about the jail religion you know there's a lot of people that turn to god when they get in jail why because they they have no options they're all out of options they're they're sitting there saying that 
you know, I can't find a way to get out of this. I can't figure nothing out. Nobody's with me. Uh, nobody's for me. So I guess I'll just serve the Lord. And, and, and will God take you? Yes, he will. Yes, he'll be there. But here's, here's the crazy thing about people. Uh, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people that have that jail religion or people who are in jail that get saved, once they get out, they then they go back to the life they once was in. Can can I tell you this? And, and this this is something I heard a long time ago, and I have seen this to be true. You cannot truly prove love without options. Let me say that again. You cannot truly prove love without options. If you really want to know if someone loves you or not, see what they do when they have options. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See what they do when they have options. Oh, you love me now because don't nobody want you. But when somebody else is is calling your name when somebody else is knocking at your door will you still love me will you still still be there with me will, will you still be a, a word that we don't like to use will you still be committed to me it's all about commitment will you be committed to me or will you go to another Will you go to the highest bidder? Will you go to what what uh, uh, pleases your flesh now? What will you if, if I'm looking at it in, in a natural relationship, will you go to the one that has the money? They weren't paying attention to you before. And so that's why you ended up with me. But now that you have options where how, how much do you really love me? You cannot prove love without options the truth is a lot of us are not committed anymore we're not committed to god anymore and god is saying where are the people that truly love me and see it's hard to it's hard to speak about or or, or minister on commitment now because there's so uh so much of a lack of it you know no one's committed anymore commitment as a whole has went out the door no one's committed to jobs anymore and that goes both ways you know you're not committed to the job and and truth be told jobs aren't committed to you and so there's no trust level between you and the job there's no loyalty between you and the job no one's committed to ministries anymore. You know, we, we'll go to a ministry for a little while, and if they don't call our name or recognize us for something, we leave. If they don't call our name or put us over something, we leave. Don't even get me started about marriages. No one's committed to marriages anymore. Because, because you're not making me feel lovely today. You're not doing what I want you to do today. Oh, wait a minute. I see in a distance an upgrade. Someone that has more than you. So I, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you. It is amazing how people just leave marriages now. You get before the, 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 the church or before the people and and you confess your love and sickness and health you know to death do its part you confess your love you come together and make another human life and because you have one bad day or one bad week you say i'm out of here or one bad year you say i'm out of here People are not committed anymore. I had a gentleman ask me not too long ago, about a couple of weeks ago, he was saying, what, what is the most important thing in a marriage? 
and you know you have all the normal answers you know you know uh communication and you know uh respect and all that good stuff but you know the first thing i told him i i, I told him commitment commitment because commitment will keep you commitment will keep you when love won't keep you or what we call love you know that 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 feeling in our heart that tingle we get commitment will keep you past that because if i'm committed to you i i'll, I'll come home to you when i don't feel like coming home to you somebody know what i'm talking about when i'm committed to you even though you're getting on my last nerve i'm going to come home to you because i made a commitment to you I, I may not I may not come home happily, but I came home. I may have not came home smiling, but I came home. Why? Because I am committed to you. And then what you end up finding out is that, you know, yeah, you might hit a rough patch in the relationship. But it was worth salvaging. It was worth saving. So, so thank God you didn't go off your first instinct. Thank God you didn't walk out the door when you when you saw something maybe a little better. Thank God you didn't walk out the door when they hurt your feelings that day. But you stayed the course. You stayed committed. And and the the marriage you thought about throwing away, you didn't throw it away, and it became beneficial to you. And so in the same way, we, we, we have to value our relationship with God like that. Do I, do I feel like, <laughs> do I feel like serving God every day? Do, do I want to serve my flesh sometimes? Do I want to do what my flesh wants to do sometimes? Yes. Do I feel like giving up sometimes? Yes. but I am committed to God. I'm committed to being a disciple. Are you committed to being a disciple? Are you committed to following God? Because listen, if you're not committed to following God, if you're not truly committed, if you're only doing it because your mama said so, or, or your husband or your wife said so, or you just grew up in church and you really didn't uh, uh, grow up in God, you didn't really know God, you just knew church, you're, you, you may not be committed. And you may stray away. Now, I'm going to say something that many people may not understand. But when you are committed, even when you stray away, you'll come back. Why? Because you'll, you'll have that moment where you say, you know what? This ain't worth it. This ain't what I really want. Now, it would be good if you don't stray at all. But when you're really committed, you'll say, no, no, this ain't for me. I, I, I got to come back. The issue is a lot of us aren't committed to God, that claim to love God. We aren't committed to God. So when we do stray, we don't even stray, we leave. Oh, God, I hope somebody got that. You, you don't even stray. You just absolutely leave. And the Lord is looking like, where, where are you? Where are you? Didn't you say you love me? Where are you? Didn't you say if I bring you out of this situation, you do X, Y, and Z? Where are you? Didn't you just cry your heart out to me and tell you how much you love me? Where are you? Are you willing to sell out to God and forget 
everything. Put God first and forget everything. Look at Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 62. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Let's see. Well, let me start at verse 57. Luke chapter 9, starting at verse 57. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. This is, <laughs> this is a man talking to, talking to Jesus. I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. This is Jesus talking. Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one, hear this verse clearly. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand or puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of god so now what is he saying in this passage i just read Luke chapter 9, 57 through 62. What is he saying in this passage? That there's there is a a, a a cost. There is you you have to be willing to give up something for God. You have to be willing to give up the world for God. Are you willing to do that? And, and and look at the 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 examples he gives or who who came and talked to him he said listen i'll go follow follow you jesus but let me bury my father i i'll follow you lord but let me say goodbye to my family why did he choose those things because he he wants you to understand you're going to have to give up some things that you deem valuable in your life Oh, see, we don't want to talk about that. We just want to say the Lord understands. No, he says, if you're going to really follow me, you're going to give up some things that you deem valuable in your life. So guess what? When you follow me, friends may look at you funny. When you follow me, it may cost you some relationships. Family might look at you funny. When you follow me, it may it may cost you uh, some promotions because they're looking at you. Oh, here come that 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 Jesus freak. Amen. I, I'm telling you what I know. People will look at you funny. Be be ready to to have uh people look at you funny. Be ready to give up everything. Now, will you have to in the long run? I I don't know. But but what but what this is pointing out is you need to have the mindset that no matter what it costs me, I'm going to follow God. Furthermore, I refuse to keep looking back to my past or back to what I used to be or back to uh, where I come from and not follow God. You cannot have it both ways. I like the, the illustration he gives. He, he talks about plowing. You know, he says, no, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service. Well, you know, I don't know much about plowing, but I do know it has a lot to do with harvesting or 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 gardening. And, and so many times uh, people would plow in order to get the ground right for the seed and, and they would make it uniform so they could maximize the space 
and, and, and maximize the harvest. And, and so imagine if you're on a plow and you're 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 guiding uh, this horse and or this donkey or whatever it may be that's connected to it. You're 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 guiding this thing, but you too busy looking back at the previous stuff. Well, if you're looking back at the previous stuff, you're while you're plowing, you're going to veer off to the left and you're going to veer off to the right. And, and so therefore, you're not going to maximize your harvest. Oh, I want to ask you a question. How many of us or how many of you have have shortened your harvest or shrunk your harvest because you were too busy looking back? Let me put it another way. God has called you to do something for him and he has anointed you to do it and he's told you to do it. But yet you're looking back at the former things. You still want to hang out with your friends. You still want to hang out with that no good dude or that no good woman. You still want to dabble in your addiction. You know, that thing that you pray, you pray for God to take away. And, and because you keep dabbling with your past, your, your future is not what it's supposed to be and you are not what you are supposed to be in god and so therefore your impact in the kingdom isn't as great because you're looking forward then you're looking back and then you're looking forward and then you're looking back and, and so instead of uh uh staying the course you're veering off a little or a lot because how many of you know it only takes you to veer off a little for you to get completely lost? So he is saying we must be sold out. If we're going to be a true disciple of God, we must be sold out. I can't look to the back. I, I, I can't go by my past anymore. I can't do the things that I used to do. Hallelujah. Because I'm sold out to God. I'm going to give you one more scripture, okay? And, and I just want to leave this with you. And I want you to think about this. I really want you to think about this. This is Mark 10, 28. I'm starting at Mark 10, 28. Oh, I got three minutes. Okay. Mark 10, 28. Then Peter spoke. We have left everything to follow you. Peter speaking to Jesus. We have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me. And the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in the in this present age, in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields along hear me along with persecution and in the age to come eternal life so so what does the scripture say to say to us what are you saying is yeah you might have to give up some things in the in the short end but 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 i promise that if you're willing to give it up you can have it all let me say that again. If you are willing to give it up, you can have it all. I, you may have to give up some things that you don't want to give up in the beginning. But if you stick with me and you serve me and you give it up for the gospel's sake, the, for, 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 for preaching the gospel, for doing what I told you to do, I'll give it back to you a hundred times over. But then look at what he said. Now, I'm going to give it to you, but understand it's going to come with persecution. It's going to come with haters. It's going to come with people saying that you don't deserve it. It's going to come with people trying to remind you of what you gave up. Ah, It's, it's going to come with people reminding you of your checkered past. But if you're willing to give it up, I promise I'll bless you. 
So I ask you on today, are you willing to give it up? Are you willing to really be sold out to God to serve him? Before you say yes, think about what you're going to have to give up. Because if you're not willing to give it up, then it may not be time yet. If you're not willing to give it up, I, I, I don't know. I won't tell you to wait because it's important that you get busy for God. But all I'm saying is be ready to give up some things if you're going to be sold out to God. Are you ready? This is Pastor D.R.E. on the MIC. Listen, I want to ask you a question on today. And that question is, are you tired? Are you tired yet? Why do I ask that question? Because in my life, I have figured out that a lot of times people don't change until they're tired. I have figured out that that in order for you to change, you have to be tired. And it got to a point where I just said, Lord, I am tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of how my life is going. I'm tired of everything I've, had, I've been through. I'm, I'm tired of crying. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being stressed out. I'm, I'm tired of feeling alone. I'm just tired. I'm, I'm tired of just everything you know it, it's it's something when you really get tired it's something when you feel like you have no hope and many times many times when people get tired that's when they get suicidal that's when they say I just don't want to live anymore well, before you make that decision, I want you to give Jesus a try. Yes, I want you to give Jesus a try. Jesus will be there for you when nobody else will be. And I'm not telling you anything that I heard. I'm telling you what I know. See, I've been in the place that you're in. I've been suicidal. I've been depressed. I've been at a place where I didn't know I was, what I was going to do. I've been betrayed. I've been a lot of things. I've, I've been hurt. I've, I've, I've witnessed a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things. I've been through a lot of things. Oh, but you know what kept me? It was one day when I was a teenager really before I was a teenager I gave my life to Christ and little did I know how big of an impact it would have little did I know how vital that decision would be in my life because guess what even when I messed up <laughs> he was there in my lowest points, he was there. In everything that I went through, he was there. When I had to witness the death of my mother and I was, I, I was just distraught, God was there. And I will tell you, I was fortunate that I had people around me who told me about the Lord at a young age. And there may be someone listening to me right now that have never, they, you have never heard about God. You've never heard about salvation. But you're saying to yourself right now, I'm tired too. I can understand what you're talking about. I know it may sound a little crazy right now, but 
it a little weird right now, but I I, I want to meet this Jesus you're talking about. I don't, you know, listen, if you have to get by yourself right now, it's okay. But let this be a decision. How do I get saved? Well, it's simple. The only thing you have to do is to declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. That's what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So listen, salvation doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to roll on the floor. You don't have to pay any money. You don't have to pay a preacher. You don't have to do any of that. You don't even have to join a church, although I do suggest you join one so that you can learn more about him. But the only thing that you have to do is confess Jesus as your savior. The only thing that it costs you is a decision. It's a decision from your heart. And so if you're ready to make this that decision right now, I'm going to lead you into a simple prayer. And it goes like this. To say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead. Today, I turn away from my sins and turn to you. I invite you to come into my heart and life. I trust you. And from this day forward, I am committed to you. I confess today, right now, you are my savior and my father. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer and you meant it from your heart, right now, right now, you are saved. I promise you it's the best decision you will ever make. Now listen, this is very important. I said you didn't have to join the church, but I do suggest you do. Find a good faith-based church that can tell you about Christ. Get into, your, into the word. Let God minister to you. And by the way, let me just leave you with this. Welcome to the family. This is Pastor D.R.E. Listen, I want to give you a formal invitation. A formal invitation. Join me. Join us. LLH Ministries on Facebook Live. This is where the word is being taught, is being preached, okay? We're small in stature, but great in faith. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m., Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. I hope to see you there. Well, another successful week. Yes, another successful week. Why? You know why. Because we reached the world with the word. We reached the world with the word. That's the only reason we do it. At least that's the reason why I do it. Amen. Thank you for joining us on today. Hope that you got something out of the word. Hope that it's been beneficial to you. Um, listen. I always leave with a, a last thought and I was just thinking uh, actually I was reading this story about this young man named Rahan I hope I'm saying his name right Rahan Staten and basically just to give you a synopsis of the story if you want to check it out it's on Good News Network Good News Network talks about this gentleman who um basically went from being a garbage man to actually graduating from Harvard Law School and now has a job lined up with a New York law firm. And so 
it's a really inspiring story. You know, he talks about how, um, or they talk about how he wasn't that good in school. He was actually good at martial arts and boxing, and and uh, that ended abruptly because he tore his rotator cuff. And so it goes on to talk about how he wasn't good in school, and you know, because of his grades, because he didn't take it seriously like many young people do. Uh, every college he applied to actually turned him down. And so he went to work for a sanitation company. And the cool thing about it was that his co-workers actually encouraged him to be better. And that's big. You know, because a lot of times when people get in into their own life, they worry about their own life. And sometimes when they get into their own life and it doesn't turn out like they wanted their life to turn out, they become toxic instead of uh, encouraging. Oh boy, I said a mouthful right there. They become toxic instead of becoming encouraging. Well, fortunately for this young man, he was around some young people that uh, really believed in him and encouraged him to better his life. And make a long story short, he uh, ended up applying at Bowie uh, Bowie State University and turned his grades around from being bad grades to actually having a 4.0 and uh, actually got picked up by Maryland State University uh, and then it talks about the trials he went through even with his father after he got picked up with Maryland State University his father ended up having a stroke but this young man caring about his father being a great son actually uh, started working 4 o'clock in the morning to take care of his father's um, medical bills. And so it talks about, you know, his story getting viral and Tyler Perry helping him out and paying his tuition and all that is good. But the part I really want to bring up was he started this nonprofit, um, this nonprofit called The Reciprocity Effect. The Reciprocity Effect. And basically what that nonprofit does is it helps um, educational staff in some of these colleges. It helps them with um, hardships and it also gives them prizes and, and things of that nature. It helps honor them for their hard work. You know, a lot of times we, we see these prestigious schools, but we don't see... Uh, the people that help make that school look good and so he set up something to make sure that those people are honored and I saw the name the reciprocity effect and it really touched me because I, I heard Bishop Jakes talking about uh, reciprocity one time before and let me just tell you what reciprocity is in case you if, in case you don't know the dictionary basically says that Reciprocity is the practice of exchanging things with others for mutual benefit, especially privileges granted by one country or organization to another. So basically what it is, is, is you make sure that you give to someone that has given to you. That's basically what it means. Reciprocity. You give to, to someone that has given to you or you give to what has given to you. You give to what has benefited you. And I, I just thought about that. Even when I heard Bishop Jakes talk about it about a year ago now, uh, at least when I heard the message, you know, there are a lot of us that we have given to others and no one has given to us. And there are some of us that have always been on the receiving end, but we don't give to anybody else. And, and so what Bishop Jason was talking about is when you are always the giver, you will burn out. And when you are and when you are always the receiver, you will help someone burn out. And then you try to figure out why they aren't the same. It's because they're burnt out. You were so busy receiving that you never took time to give. And on the flip side, sometimes we can be so busy giving, I'm guilty of this, me and my wife, really this whole family, we're so busy giving to others 
that we don't take the time to receive. But in order for us to uh, uh, benefit each other or to keep the the chain going, to keep um, things happening, there must be reciprocity. We must give to each other. We must help each other. And so I just want to challenge you on today. No matter what side you're on, if you're the giver, learn to receive. Don't shut people off when they try to give to you. And then if you are the receiver, learn to give. Don't be so selfish and just feel like the person who's always helping you never needs any help. Because a lot of times they're helping you beyond what they have. Lord knows I've done that. I help people and they think, you know, I got all this money. It's not that I have all this money. It's just that I have this heart for people. And and I, I want to see people blessed. And I want to see people make it. And I just feel like God is going to take care of me. But, but don't ever get to the point where you feel like you don't have to give to anybody else because they're good. You don't know what people are going through. Maybe you can't give them exactly what they gave you but you can give them something reciprocity amen so more of the story is let's look out for each other amen let's look out for each other i hope that that is has made you think uh that's all i got thank you for being with me on today your uh uh support is greatly appreciated Thank you for all those that continue to rock with me. Thank you for the new listeners. And uh, I will see you next week. Be blessed.